Hello and welcome to our Saturday Best here from Racing and Sports. A little bit different this morning. I'm Danny Matthews sitting in for Adam Blenko. I'm kind of a basement version. Uh, We're going to go through uh, the weekend's racing. A couple of good Group 1s at Flemington coming up. Also, we've got the Group 1 Coolmore Classic in Sydney. But sitting in for Simon, who's on his honeymoon and hopefully enjoying that, is Brad Bishop. How are you looking forward to the weekend, Brad? Yeah, really looking forward to it. Looking forward to having a chat to you about the weekend's racing as well, Danny. We haven't had a chance to do this. I'm sure all the listeners out there are uh, looking forward to Simon and Adam returning, but we'll get to hopefully get you through what is one of the great weekends of Australian racing. Yes, so without sticking my neck out, I've got Adam's Best, which he's provided in the Melbourne Mail on racingandsports.com. His best each way comes up in the new market. It's Mars Crusader. He's pointing to a high-pressure Everest where Home Affairs, the favourite, and Lost and Running were both in behind. Uh, did put in a poor one in the run following in the classic legend and wasn't a whole lot better in the Lightning a couple of weeks ago. But um, as Adam says, Mars Crusader's shown the ability to bounce back and he's worth an each-way go at the $13 or possibly even better by the time the start comes around. His best bet comes up in race three. That's Remark, uh, the same trainer-jockey combo, Team Hawks and Jai McNeil. Form around Polelli and Animo, that uh, reads pretty well. So Remark is Adam's best for the day. Mask Crusader and Remark are the two. Brad, the new market. Um, you've written a piece in the Sporting Guide that uh, weight shouldn't be too much of an issue for home affairs. It was really interesting when I had a look and just tried to see the task that had been set for some of these three-year-olds in the past. Because um, you hear things like, He's got to be Scalacci to win, or he's got to carry more weight than um, General Nadeem and Exceed Excel, and we're still trying to get a handle on whether um, he's going to end up as, as good as those two horses. He's going the right way about it. But it was really interesting to note that there actually haven't been too many three-year-olds that have been asked to carry this sort of weight in the Newmarket Handicap in the last 30 years. Scalacci, he won it with 55 and a half. Weekend Hustler won it with 56. And then you got Exceed and Excel and... Um, uh, and General Nadim, who both won it with 55. The only other one that's carried anything like that sort of weight is Fast Net Rock. He, he's actually carried more than any of those horses. He had 57 in 2005. And it was interesting to note that it took a champion filly in Alingi who almost set a metric weight-carrying record for a three-year-old filly when she won. She won with 53 and a half uh, to knock off fast net rock so the horses that do run in it with that sort of weight at three they generally run pretty well so history paints a good picture for home affairs running a big race tomorrow with the 56 and i would be all over him if it wasn't for lost and running being in town the the big wet i reckon in sydney has hindered the chances of home affairs to a degree because i'd be confident that uh i'd have him clearly on top if it wasn't for lost and running um off the back of what just seems a career that he's just progressing with each and every start. He hasn't disappointed too many times. He was fabulous. First up, beating Overpass, who's Frank the form, and you'd expect that he's going to be better uh, next time around. John O'Shea has got a very good record when he does come to Melbourne since he has gone back training out on his own right. So uh, got have now got a leaning towards lost and running. Um, and think Home Affairs is the main danger. So not really going too far outside the square. I'm interested in Mask Crusader because, and the fact that Adam has tipped him because went back and had a look at him in the Lightning specifically and had a look at the sectionals and 
there wouldn't be too many races in his career where he hasn't been uh, a sectional star performer in some capacity, and he wasn't really that in the lightning. So there's a bit of a question mark there, but do recognise that he's got um, a couple of big things in his favour, the fact that he's had a look at the straight now and he's up to the 1,200 metres, which is right up his alley, and he's, he's sort of only conceding a kilo to home affairs and lost and running, who probably haven't achieved what uh, what he's achieved at this point of his career. So he's one of the more fascinating runners in the race, I reckon, Master Crusader. He had his first look in a race start down the straight in the Lightning and then had his first look at all down the Flemington straight in a jump out about 10 days earlier. You'd think that that would have to improve him. But looking at that market overall, so we've got a big field for the new market this year. Some years it has been around the 11 or 12 runner mark. Uh, we've got the bigger field. We've got Home Affairs, who was just spoken about so well, of course, naturally, um, after winning the Lightning. But it just, yeah, the, even these top two in the market that you've mentioned, it's not like they're that far in front of the others as far as everyone's opinions are concerned or all these opinions that are flying around. But especially in the market, it's not, you know, it wouldn't be a surprise if another horse won. Yeah, the market's really intriguing. Like I say, I've got those two clearly on top. I'm a little bit surprised that then you've got a massive gap out to the likes of Mask Crusader. So those that um, are expecting um, an improved performance from him back up to the 1,200 metres, they're getting $11 or $12, which is a bit of a luxury for a horse like him. I I desperately tried to find a roughie that might um, sneak a place um, at big odds and couldn't really come up with anything. Quantico is one that, I'm really intrigued by. I would have liked it to have had a run coming into the race, but um, went so well down straight um, over the spring carnival last time round. But there's, like, there's nothing at the 30 or 40 to 1 that I can really mount a big case for, which you often find with these big uh, handicaps and the grand final group one handicaps like the Newmarket and often the, the Oakley Plate as well. You'll find a roughie that you like, but nothing really jumping out at me, so I'm not straying too far from the market uh, with this year's big race. All right, the Australian Cup. Now, we know it's not quite what it used to be, but it's um, a good race nonetheless. Uh, Godolphin, I know they're quite keen to get Cascadian over the line. Well, they, yeah, they would be. What Cascadian's an interesting runner from my point of view. He's probably, if think it over hadn't have come down, he's, he's probably the, like the classy element in inverted commas and um, running second to Zaki in the McKinnon. That's no knock at 2,000 metres. But what was really interesting was Damien Oliver's comments after he won the Petty Young Stakes on him. He said he, he reckons the 1,600 metres to 1,800 is his sweet spot. Just gave the impression that he's a little bit of a doubt on him over the 2,000 metres. So that, that was interesting to note. Um, but um, as I mentioned, looking back to that run in the McKinnon, um, it's hard to say he, he doesn't get a... 2,000 metres. And, but I, I'm just very keen on a couple of Sydney siders here. Think it over. Like The way I've looked at this race is who out of the field would you back to be competitive say in a Queen Elizabeth Stacey against Very Elegant or um, Zaki or Animo? And Think it over is probably the only one in this race that you would be confident could finish amongst those horses in a like a real top-notch 2,000-metre race like a Queen Elizabeth or a Cox Plate. So um, I took that approach to it. And the one that I think might be able to cause the upset is Jewett. If um, 
she comes down, she's been down to Melbourne before. That is the one question mark around, think it over. We've seen Jewess run well down here before. She was very, very good last time out. And I'd anticipate she probably would be better getting back on top of the ground. So she might have gone close to winning that race, um, but Chipping Norton, had she got out a little bit earlier. So that's a good form line, given that was a race at very elegant one. So I think that's the, the top form. So on with those two in, um, in the Australian Cup. Like Spanish mission has to be respected, but I think we're, we're dealing with most of the others are like your, your stayers that can can run over 2,000 metres. Um, they just sort of lack that weight for age classy element. The likes of Think It Over and I, I expect Jewess to be considered among those uh, type of horses before, by the time her career is out. So uh, that's the way I've looked at the Australian Cup. Got Think It Over on top from Jewess. Um, Cascading will run. He's um, honest race like he, he normally do, does and probably chuck Spanish missing in, in for the other spot in the top four. Yeah. Um, that's the Australian Cup. I want to mention a horse. Now, I wish I had nothing better to do than to sit there and wait for markets to open on a Wednesday afternoon. And these people that got $17, hats off for you for Shayo in um, race number eight. It's been now into $6.50. $6 depending on where you look, but six fifty with with... Um, with Ladbrokes, gee, there's a lot of it. I know Adam's not huge on box tickers, but I'm going to be a box ticker here. There's so many boxes that this horse ticks, and she's classy. But another one I want to mention that race is Morvada. Now, it's down there at $11, $13 into $11. It wasn't too bad behind corner pocket at all last time. Led, Linda Meach, she can ride a leader, can't she? So there's a couple yeah, of uh, horses yeah, in the race after. Profiling well, Morvada been working up to a good performance. I'm not convinced you didn't get a snippet of that 17 bucks though, Danny, because we did get a note on the group chat uh, saying that you were you were eagerly anticipating these markets for that race, and the 17 dollars didn't last very long. Uh, quickly into around about seven bucks, so I'm I'm very intrigued to know what sort of price you did get. No, I haven't had a go, and um, unfortunately, I didn't get the 17 dollars because I was doing my job at the time. So. Uh, good luck to those those who did. But uh, yeah, Shayo and there. Yeah, I know. I really had to. It's what you've got to do. Um, Rose Hill, let's move on to there yet again. It's wet again. So uh, we've got the Group 1 Coolmore Classic, Wayne Bristow. While Simon's away, he's been doing our Sydney specials on racingandsports.com. Um, he's got Race 8, Wonder Bar there uh, each way. It's at about $12. Comes off to Newcastle, Newmarket, um, where it won about nine days ago. Finds another heavy track that... Uh, there's also a big plus as far as Wayne's concerned, which it was last time as well. So we've got Wonderbar in race eight. His best of the day is Fangirl in race six. She's there at $1.80. So Chris Wallace split Espiona and Fangirl. Fangirl, Fangirl in the group two. Espiona in the group one. Um, yeah, you're not going to get a lot. I don't think you're going to do a lot better about Fangirl than that price at the moment. No, in the in the far lap stakes, um yeah, really interesting. Like, I'd probably rather be with her in the Coolmore than um, Espiona. So interesting the path that they have taken there. I'm really keen on promise of success um, at an each-way quote in the Coolmore Classic. Um, hasn't run a bad race since it's been here in Australia. And the other thing uh, about it is this, the wet tracks are right up its alley. Um, grows a leg when gets onto the heavy ground. You suspect this has been a target race. I've, I've loved the progression that she's made coming into this right down there on 51 kilos. Um, uh, and I don't mind the, 
the wider barrier, um, especially given what we're, we're dealing with a heavy track. So I'm a little bit keen on problems with success on an each-way basis there at around about $6.50. All right, that'll do. So there's a few there. Um, a shorter version of the podcast today. We've kind of gone between the best and the preview. Uh, now, Adam's given us a best elsewhere. It's not quite Dubai. It's not quite in the US or anywhere like that. Where Our best elsewhere is in Canberra. It's on Monday in the Canberra Guineas. Uh, silent impact in the Canberra Guineas. It's about $4 at the moment. So uh, that's something for Monday, a long weekend in some parts of the country. All right, Brad. Yeah, so... Um, you know, there'll be a lot to be said about the new market. Um, we've got plenty of other good racing. We've got all the other previews on the website. Don't forget the Black Bookers. We're providing Black Bookers every uh, couple of couple of times a week after the weekend's racing and then generally after Wednesday's racing. So they're on the website as well. And as we know, Brad, create an account, create your own Black Book, all the forms there, and it'll cost you $0 in whichever currency you um, wish to deal in. Uh, it's been a pleasure doing this with you, Danny, and um, I appreciate that I haven't been called any names this week like uh, like I was last week by Adam labelling me a coward after going with Overpark, just from a best bet point of view from me. Very keen on our Genty. I think she, just the edge might have been taken off her after that big first up win. It was a great performance from her um, first up to win. Maybe a little flat last time around. Didn't disgrace herself. She'll love Flemington. 1,600 metres right up her alley. I'm very keen on her and what looks a great Cunic stakes. 